The following podcast will contain explicit material and subject matter that some people may find disturbing and or upsetting. You have been warned. Oh, you didn't know? Yo ass better call somebody! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children all over the world. It is my distinct pleasure to bring to you the best goddamn podcast in the world! It's Creepy Motherfucking Mike! idea of kneeling it's you see slaughtering all those men of yours has uh has left a nasty crack in my leg so kneeling will be hard for me there will be no glory in your sacrifice the world will never know you existed at all the world will know that free men stood against a tyrant that few stood against many Hey, what's going on, motherfuckers? It's Creepy Mike coming at you again. Uh, today is March 23rd. It is 5.37 p.m. here in beautiful Manchester, New Hampshire. Uh, I am sitting here in my dining room um, in my boxers and t-shirt. I am drinking Sam Adams Summer because, yes, it's fucking beautiful outside. And as always, I am hanging out with my wonderful cat, Mischief. Uh, I've got the windows open, and holy shit, do I got some stuff to talk about. Jesus motherfucking Christ. Now, normally, normally I would play some music and kind of have a grand old time, but I don't think I'm going to do that today. And the reason why is I, I just, I got some stuff to talk about, and I think if I play music, it's going to uh, dissuade my chain of thought. So today's podcast might be short, could be long, I don't know, I could go off on a tangent, I could just get pissed off and fucking end it as soon as I feel like it. But two things to remember before I get into today's issues. One, this is my motherfucking podcast, which means I get to say whatever the fuck I want. And I don't give a shit who the fuck doesn't like it. You don't like it? Don't listen. It's that simple. Two, just because I have a strong opinion does not mean that my opinion is 100% correct. Just because you have a strong opinion does not mean yours is 100% correct. There's a little parenting tr- uh, tool I use with my kids. Okay, I used to tell them, this is your version. This is their version. And chances are the truth is somewhere in the motherfucking middle. So... Just because we don't like each other's opinions doesn't mean that I'm right and you're wrong or vice versa. And it also doesn't mean we can't be friends. So the minute we start learning that and remembering that shit, this place will be a much better motherfucking country. Now, (sighs) before I dive into it, I got to tell you guys, I am not pro-Republican, nor am I pro-Democrat. I am pro-Constitution, which means... If a Democrat says something that um, uh, supports the Constitution or vetoes a bill because it's unconstitutional, then he's got my support. Same thing goes with a Republican. If a Democrat or Republican says or does something or tries to pass a bill that is, in my opinion, um, contradictory to the U.S. Constitution, then I will fucking blast him or 
unfortunately, I will uh, have to wait uh, and blast her because I think I think Kamala Harris has some crazy shit going on. We just don't hear about it because she's the vice president. Um, if she was the president, then I'd be blasting her. So anyway, <clears throat> now the first issue on the table today: this business with the attack on the Asian community. Now let's look at the motherfucker who did this. So the the attack on on the Asian community. Um, I, I, I think one of the things we need to look at is the, the fact that um, these, these attacks are normally uh, motivated by some type of hatred, uh, and sometimes it's just a political thing. Um, I, I think, I think, um, I think it's one of those things where the Asian community, for some reason, is bearing the brunt of somebody's I don't, ignorance, hatred. I don't know what you want to call it. Um, uh, but I think, I think the problem is it starts at home. And I, the, other, the other problem is it's not corrected. So when you look at the, the people that, uh, that are doing these things, you you got to look at the fact that are there are there laws that allow it are there laws that prevent it and what is the deal with these laws and can they be changed um that's you know that's that's an important issue to discuss um the other thing that i want to talk about is this other this mass shooting that occurred out west, um, ten people, including a police officer, were killed. Um, so it's the second one in less than a week. So, for those of you that don't know, um, you know, and it's hard not to. Uh, today's the the twenty twenty uh, third. So um, on Tuesday, uh, this is last week, uh, or sorry, yes, excuse me, yesterday. Wait, it's today? I don't know. I'm all screwed up on, on my dates here. Okay, anyway. Uh, a gunman shot and killed eight people. Six of them were women of Asian descent at three spas in an Atlanta area of Georgia. Okay. Um, on Monday, 10 people were killed. So last week, we had the guy who killed these Asian folks. This week, yesterday, Monday, 10 people were killed, including a police officer. Now, here's the problem. Every time some Yahoo, uh, also the guy that, that did the shootings uh, yesterday has been arrested, uh, and if you look into it, you're going to discover that he was, uh, uh, unfortunately, a stereotypical uber-left guy, um, which also fits the pattern of the, guys, uh, of the guy who attacked the uh, senators and um, congressmen at the softball game practice a few years ago. Um, and whatnot. So I'm not saying it's because he's a Muslim, but um, sometimes you have to look at upbringing. Um, anyway, so yeah, a lot of motherfuckers were killed. Now, what irritates me is for some reason in this country, and I don't know why, we've gotten away from personal accountability. That means 
our government would much rather throw a blanket law that affects every motherfucker in this country from the Pacific Ocean to the Atlantic, from fucking Canada to Mexico, and also Hawaii and Alaska, because they're out there. But every motherfucker is affected by these laws instead of just going after the guilty parties. So this guy goes in at this freaking little Asian community, starts blowing people away. This other guy out in Colorado walks into a store, starts blowing motherfuckers away, and he kills a cop. Now, in my opinion, the best way to combat this is if you commit a mass murder, okay, or a murder motivated uh, as a hate crime. It should be a federal offense, and the mandatory penalty should be death. Federal execution, done. No life in prison. No fucking 25 and out, no parole. If you are found guilty, you die. And guess what? At the federal level, you get three motherfucking appeals. So you go to the first federal court, okay? They find you guilty. Then you go to the circuit court for the appeal. They find you guilty. Then you go to the U.S. Supreme Court. They find you guilty. Motherfucker, you die. Plain and simple. And if you write the law accordingly... Guess what? No motherfuckers have to sign the goddamn certificate. Nobody signs the death warrant because it's a federal law. Okay? Now, the president can commute the sentence or pardon the individual. I'm not talking about handcuffing the president's abilities as the executive leader. Or, excuse me, as the, uh, yeah, as the executive leader. I'm talking about setting up laws that don't necessarily deter everybody because I don't think that's possible. You can set up as many laws as you want. Motherfuckers are still going to do what they want to do. I mean, look at the drug laws, you know, you can set it as a mandatory 10 year prison sentence. If you're busted with heroin, people are still going to get busted with heroin. Hell it's in the prisons. Okay. I'm talking about punishing guilty people. Now the constitution says cruel and unusual punishment. So let's tackle that for a brief moment. Now, in my opinion, cruel and unusual punishment is punishment that doesn't fit the crime. So I'm going to pause for a second and let you all think about that. While I pause, I also drank some Sam. <laughs> anyway, so let's think about this. If I jaywalk, okay, I should not be locked up in prison. That's, that, that doesn't fit the crime. I jaywalk, I get a ticket, maybe even a warning, okay? If I smoke weed, uh, depending on the state's laws, by the way, I'm a huge fan of states' rights. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, depending on the state's laws, if I get caught with weed, I either get a ticket or I go to jail. Okay. And, and then there's laws that are in place for that. You know, uh, in jail, it's usually no more than one year plus a $2,000 fine, but that's like an extreme case. Um, usually you get 30 days in the clink and, uh, you know, you might get a $500 fine, pay court fees, that kind of thing. It's a misdemeanor. But if I commit murder, if I commit murder, then I go to prison if I'm guilty. Now, there are several steps in determining that. You know, at the very top, you have, uh, well, at least here in New Hampshire, um, you have what's called, uh, a, there's actually a, an RSA in New Hampshire. If you kill the president, <laughs> it's kind of cool. It's its own RSA. Then you've got capital murder, 
Um, you know, then you've got uh, you've got murder in the in the first, uh, which is like premeditated. And then you've got various levels. You've got like manslaughter, um, you know, things like that, depending on on a couple of things, specifically intent. And, uh, you know, so you ends up with you look at reckless and and all that stuff. But that's a different podcast for a different day at the federal level. OK, if you commit murder at the federal level, that means, um, you know, you could be taking a shot at the president or you could commit murder on federal property. So if I walk into, let's say, the FBI building uh, down here in Manchester, in downtown Manchester, and I shoot the two guys that are uh, at the at the metal detector thing, if I shoot them and they die, that is a federal murder case because it's on federal property. But there could be a law written that automatically kicks things up to the federal level, i.e. hate crimes that result in murder kidnapping that results in a murder uh you know if 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 i kill specific people within the government like let's just say i kill somebody in the president's cabinet or i murder a congressman or a senator you know or a representative at the federal level down in dc that should be capital murder as a federal murder crime um there should be no ifs, ands, or buts. I die. Plain and simple. So, our fucking goofy-ass president number 46, you know, uh, Sleepy Joe. Uh, <laughs> so, Sleepy Joe, my computer's being a little weird today. Uh, Sleepy Joe has come out and condemned the attacks on the Asian community and in Boulder, Colorado. Now, he should, as a president, he should be like, hey, this is unacceptable, um, and he should be like, you know, this is terrible, we need to find out who did it and punish him accordingly, and that should be it, wipe my hands with it, done, done, and then you let the states handle it, okay, unless you're gonna, unless it's kicked up to a federal prosecution, you let the states handle it, this is what we call states' rights, it's built into the constitution, the fucking states govern themselves, enforce their own laws, and they have a larger, broader government that's supposed to kind of like fill in the gaps, you know, and maybe if there are extenuating circumstances like kidnapping going across state lines, then the federal police get involved, you know, the FBI, those guys, but in general... Unless these crimes are going to be picked up as a as a federal crime, let the states do their job. Instead, this motherfucking puppet, this asshat, comes out and issues a statement, which I'm going to play for you in just a second. Hold on. No need to wait another minute, let alone an hour, to take common sense steps that will save the lives in the future and to urge my colleagues in the House and Senate to act. We can ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines in this country once again. I got that done when I was a senator. It passed. It was law for the longest time. And it brought down these mass killings. We should do it again. We can close the loopholes in our background check system, including the Charleston loophole. That's one of the best tools we have right now to prevent gun violence. The Senate should immediately pass, let me say it again, the United States Senate 
I hope some are listening, should immediately pass the two House pass bills that close loopholes in the background check system. These are bills that receive votes of both Republicans and Democrats in the House. This is not, it should not be a partisan issue. This is an American issue. It will save lives, American lives. And we have to act. We should also ban assault weapons in the process. So uh, he wants to he wants to ban assault weapons and ban high capacity magazines. Now, some of the stuff the guy said has a little bit of an interesting idea. Should we have federal background checks? No, fuck no. And that goes back to the whole thing about states' rights. So here's the thing: I live in New Hampshire. And I love New Hampshire. And one of the biggest reasons why I love New Hampshire is because of their approach to firearms. Here in New Hampshire, if I want to buy a gun, okay, it does not matter if it's my wonderful, trusty Glock that I've got right here next to me, because why not, or my AR-15 that's in the other room, or a Colt 45, or a uh, hunting rifle. Doesn't matter. If I want to go buy a gun, I go to a store, I walk in, I say, hey guys, how you doing? I'm here to buy a gun. And what do they do? They say, great, we're really good, fill out this piece of paper, and I need your license. So you write on this piece of paper. There's a couple of questions they ask if you uh, are, uh, these are completely voluntary to answer too, by the way. They, they ask if you are uh, mentally ill under the influence of drugs, if you're a convicted felon, or if you've been convicted of domestic violence, if you have that on your record. So you answer these questions. Then they take your license. Then they pick up their phone, and they call the state police. Now, the state police here in New Hampshire, when they're talking to these guys, they enter your information into the system, push a button, and they look. And quite simply... The gun shop guy gets a yes or a no. Now, if it's a yes, that means you can proceed with your sale and you can buy your gun. If it's a no, that means that there's something that came up uh, that prohibits you from having a gun. And you have a couple of options. Option one, uh, you can come back in a few days and try again because sometimes there's something wrong with their system. Or option two, you can go to Concord to the people that do the firearm stuff. It's, it's at the, it's at the, it's up on Hazen Drive in Concord. It's in the, the state offices building. And you can be like, Hey, Susie, or Hey, Frank, whoever's behind the desk. How come I can't buy a gun? And they'll say, Hey, who are you? And you tell them who you are and they look you up and they say, okay, you've got A, B, C, and D that says you can't buy a gun. And if you have documentation on your person that A, B, C, and D have been fixed, they erase it out of their computer. You go back to your gun store. You buy your gun, and that's it. Okay. Now that's about as stringent of a background check as I think is necessary. Here's the really cool part about New Hampshire. Once you buy a gun, three days later, three days later, all records of that gun sale are destroyed. Okay. Also, you don't need a permit. You don't have to register your gun. I can walk down the main street in Manchester with an AR-15 slung over my shoulder 
or just in my hand. And as long as I'm not aiming at anybody, and as long as I'm not trying to kill anybody, motherfuckers can't do a goddamn thing about it. That's why I love New Hampshire. No waiting period, no fucking Brady Bill, none of that garbage, okay? Because our state governs itself. Now, if for some reason I commit a crime and I have a gun, the police will take my gun, they will secure it, and depending on the crime, um, I may get it back, I may not. You know, if it's a felony, I'm not getting it back. If it's a domestic violence, I'm not getting it back. Um, not without doing a whole bunch of paperwork. If I'm just busted for weed, they take my gun, uh, they put it in their evidence locker, and after I serve my, j- my jail term, if I get one, I just go down there, fill out some paperwork, and I get it back. No problem. The really cool thing is here in New Hampshire... I can own anything I want with the exception of a fully automatic weapon. However, if I want to own a fully automatic weapon, all I got to do is fill out some paperwork and get a background check for my federal firearms license. Now, I personally have an issue with that. I think if I want to drive a fucking tank, I should be able to drive a tank without any fucking background checks and all that shit because the Constitution straight up says shall not be infringed, which means... Nobody in the law enforcement area should be able to prevent me from owning any type of gun I want. That's another issue for another show. We will talk about that after. Okay, so literally, if you allow states to govern themselves and you allow them to sell firearms as they see fit, you're not going to have mass killings. If you do have mass killings, it's not going to be because of the governments. It's not going to be because of the laws, whether you're for or against them. A motherfucker that wants to kill a million motherfuckers is going to find a way to do it. He will either build his gun, he will find a way to get one from somebody who's got one, he'll call a friend of a friend of a friend. Motherfuckers are importing guns from the Middle East, from Russia, in shipping containers because they know that the chances of their container physically being opened and checked when it arrives in port are so fucking slim that it's worth the goddamn risk, okay? Hundreds of thousands of tons of material come into our major shipping ports every fucking day. It is really easy to get a gun in, okay? So here's the problem. I fucking pass a gun law that says only a 10-round magazine No AR-15s, no AK-47s. The only guns you can own are handguns and hunting rifles, which is another story. Great. Great. How are you going to enforce it? You going to go on a door-to-door search? Please let a motherfucker come try to take it. (laughs) Let a motherfucker come to my door and want to come in. We'll have some problems. Or do you offer a gun buyback? Gun buybacks only work if people don't want their guns. People still keep them. They're still on the street. So then you make them illegal to sell. Okay, that's fine. That does nothing to solve the problem of the guns that are still out there in the hands of assholes. Does nothing to solve the problem of people that can build a gun. I mean, literally, if I have a lathe and some metal and some plastic... And access to, I don't know, 
any fucking internet site available, I can download, view, trace, and print directions. Then using my my superior metal uh, metal crafting skills, I can fucking make one. Okay? So three things I just said that have nothing to do with gun control. Now, who does gun control affect? Gun control affects the citizen who's doing nothing wrong. The gun collector who has an awesome hobby. The freaking Second Amendment activist who believes in his right to keep and bear arms. It also affects Joe Q taxpayer. Let's say for some reason, I'm a regular old guy. I don't have any guns of any kind, but I decide that I, I've become interested in them. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe I'm going to enlist in the military and I want to learn how to shoot them. Maybe I just came out of the military. I really like the fact that, you know, uh, I was able to carry a rifle and I'm familiar with this rifle and this rifle is, you know, it feels like a part of me. Maybe I just want to be a competition shooter. Okay. So now you're looking at banning weapons of any kind that have a high capacity magazine. So there go your competition shooters. There goes anybody that wants to keep and bear a handgun. My my awesome Glock that I've got right here in my hand. It's a Glock 22 40 cal. Okay. I love this fucking thing. 15 round magazine. Okay. I keep 15 in the round or keep 15 in the mag and one of the pipe. So I get 16 rounds. Now that leads me to my next point. Anytime you have bans on anything, guns, booze, cigarettes, whatever, more and more people are going to do it because it's fun, because America is like, don't tell me what to do. I do what I want. And that's what we do. So, you know, that's my stance on that. Now, somebody once asked me, uh, I was talking to a neighbor. I said, hey, you know, we we're talking about guns. I said, you know, I got my my pistol and my shotguns and my AR-15. And she was like, why do you need a gun like that? And I was like, I have it. I love it. I want it. So I need it. And they were like, but th- how many rounds? I was like, 30. And they're like, what do you need 30 rounds for? Well, I need 30 rounds in case 30 tyrants try to take it away. It's that simple. <laughs> if, also, some of these folks that ask me these questions... My favorite response to them is, have you ever been in a firefight? And if they say no, I say, then you wouldn't understand why I need 30 rounds. Anybody who's ever been in a firefight understands that there are really only two ways to win a firefight. Uh, Superior firepower and small unit tactics. If I have 15 magazines full of 30 rounds and it's just me and there's, you know, 10 or 12 motherfuckers across the street and I have more bullets than them, well, I'm going to win that gun battle. Or at the very least, I'm going to be able to, you know, uh, stop them from advancing on my territory. You know, and then small unit tactics, that's a little different. Um, So there's that. Now, I went on a little, I went a little bit off topic here, but I'm bringing it back around. So I played a clip of Puppet Biden Puppetant Biden, <laughs> uh, talking about gun control. Okay, now I'm going to play a clip about 
uh, from 2013 um, with uh, his with his buddy uh, Barry O. So, and I'm calling on Congress to pass some very specific proposals right away. First, it's time for Congress to require a universal background check for anyone trying to buy a gun. The law already requires licensed gun dealers to run background checks, and over the last 14 years, that's kept 1.5 million of the wrong people from getting their hands on a gun. But it's hard to enforce that law when as many as 40% of all gun purchases are conducted without a background check. That's not safe. That's not smart. It's not fair to responsible gun buyers or sellers. If you want to buy a gun, whether it's from a licensed dealer or a private seller, you should at least have to show you are not a felon or somebody legally prohibited from buying one. This is common sense. And an overwhelming majority of Americans agree with us on the need for universal background checks, including more than 70% of the National Rifle Association's members, according to one survey. So there's no reason we can't do this. Second, Congress should restore a ban on military-style assault weapons and a 10-round limit for magazines. The type of assault rifle used in Aurora, for example, when paired with high-capacity magazines, has one purpose to pump out as many bullets as possible as quickly as possible, to do as much damage, using bullets often designed to inflict maximum damage. And that's what allowed the gunman in Aurora to shoot 70 people, 70 people, killing 12 in a matter of minutes. Weapons designed for the theater of war have no place in a movie theater. A majority of Americans agree with us on this so he goes on like that for a little while um you know i I could have played the whole speech but i cut it um not because i wanted to suit it to my purposes or anything like that but because it was very very long and uh, i didn't want to take i didn't want to put the whole thing out there you can find it just google it it'll come up it was uh february 2013 i believe was the year uh anyway the reason I bring that up is uh, those two speeches sound I sa- sound the same. Um, they're literally the exact same speeches, just personalized, which should make you think. Joe Biden's only carrying over the Barack Obama agenda. Now, earlier today, I posted on the on the gram. Um, give me a quick second here. Let me let me pull it up so I can read exactly what I said on the gram today. So, I was on the gram. Uh, so I posted, I said, uh, I shared a, a link. It was uh, it was his speech. <clears throat> and I said, I'll be talking about this asset on the next podcast. Gun reform is not the answer. It only punishes law-abiding citizens, and at the federal level, it violates the U.S. Constitution and takes away the state's ability to govern themselves, which is a primary founding principle. This guy is dangerous and bad for the country. Hashtag come and take it. Now, I had a couple of guys that commented, 
One of them said, did you talk about the last asshat? Ask me for a friend. Now, this guy, he's a buddy of mine. Uh, I was in the Marine Corps with him. Um, you know, he's a good dude. And he brings up a valid point, you know. And did I talk a lot about, about Trump? No, I'm not. I, I didn't. Um, unless he did something I disagreed with. So, and I, I wrote back, absolutely. Uh, hashtag 45 did a lot of dumb shit that I hated. From bump stock bans to making a fool out of himself by referring to everyone as fake news or out to get him. Uh, T. Rump was an idiot on a lot of levels. If I see something I don't like, I'll say it. I'm not pro-Democrat or pro-Republican. I'm pro-Constitution. Walk the line, protect our freedoms, and uphold the Constitution. Now, I had another guy, a buddy of mine named Tom. He commented, uh, you didn't have to point out how bad Trump was. Uh, The media, the entertainment industry, and virtually all of popular culture did it every day for four years, both true and untrue. So this guy, Tom, he's more of a libertarian, which means he kind of feels the way that I do about a lot of stuff. Um, but he's got his own views on taxes and things like that. And some of his views are phenomenal. And, uh, you know, some of the libertarian stuff is great. If they could just get a party together and, and actually put together um, what they believe and not just have like fucking splinters of everything everywhere, they could contend and probably win the presidency in the next, uh, you know, in 24. Um, anyway. So I bring this up because President Trump, T. Rump, um, he had the bump stock ban, which I was totally against. Um, because anybody who knows anything about shooting guns knows that you don't need a bump stock to put out as many rounds as the guy did from the casino. You don't need it. You don't need a you don't need a a, a, a fully automatic weapon to inflict the damage in Aurora. You don't need an AR-15 or an AK-47 to uh, that's been modified for fully automatic or even three-round burst to inflict the damage we see we saw in Boulder or down in Atlanta. Um, literally, all you need is a little bit of training, decent trigger control, and to understand the maximum rate of fire of the weapon of your choice. Now, what does that mean? That means that. An M16 that the military uses, or an M4, because they, they switched the M4 now because it's, it's a little bit better for combat situations. If you understand the maximum sustained rate of fire, I'm going to throw a number out. It's, don't, take it, uh, don't take it as, as, as uh, gospel. I'm going to throw a number out. If, if, you, if you understand the maximum sustained effective rate of fire, from an M4 is 120 rounds per minute. If you understand that and you can apply that knowledge, then you don't need a bump stock. You don't need a fully automatic weapon. You don't even need a modified binary trigger. You just need to know how to breathe, how to shoot. It's not that hard. I do the same thing with my Glock. I understand the maximum effective rate of fire on this gun. I can drop motherfuckers, no problem. So the theory on assault weapons killing people and by banning them, uh, you're going to save lives, holds zero water. If a dude wants to kill a dude, he's going to find a way to kill a dude. It's that simple. You know, assault weapon, non-assault weapon, fucking uh, deer rifle. Okay. If I take a 30 out six, all right, and the round, the magazine, I... I, the, a friend of mine has one, and I, th- I think the magazine holds five rounds. I think it's that's what it's made. But if I understand how that weapon works, and I practice with that weapon, I can ha- I can affect mass casualties with any type of wow- round. 
with any type of crowd. You give me a crowd of 50 people and enough training on that gun, and you give me 50 magazines, even if they're in 10, or sorry, 50 rounds, even if they're in 10 separate magazines, by understanding the range, the maximum effective rate of fire, and how to do a mag change while breathing, reacquiring my natural point of aim, my sight picture, my sight alignment, I can I can do a lot of damage. And that's without freaking... That's with acquire, breathe, squeeze. Acquire, breathe, squeeze. Oh, mag change. Acquire, breathe, squeeze. It's not hard, folks. It's not hard at all. Okay? So that's the point regarding that. Now let's talk about high-capacity high magazines. I just made the point, but we'll talk a little bit more about it. High-capacity magazines. So what is a high-capacity magazine? What do you describe it as? Bob says a high-capacity magazine is anything over five rounds. Francine says a high-capacity magazine is anything over ten rounds. Democrats in Washington could say a high-capacity magazine is anything over three rounds. So let's talk about this. Regardless of how many magazines or how many rounds in my magazine, with enough magazines, I can still do the same amount of damage. Now, people are saying, well, only folks that are trained understand that. No. If you look at uh, any video on YouTube, you can figure out how to set up your kit, how to set up your vest. Hell, you can even figure out the best way to reload while under fire just by watching a video. Now, you do have to go out and try it. You will have to go to some type of range, and that's fine. But any anybody can do it. It's not, you, you know, it's not a secret skill that only 1% of the population understand or can even find. It's, it's easy. So high-capacity magazine ban, yeah, that's full of holes. Again, how are you going to enforce it? You're going to come house to house? You're going to go to every registered gun over and say, let me see your magazine? And then what? Then you're going to go to every house because certain states don't require registrations. You're going to go door to door and say, let me see your weapons and magazines. I don't know about you, but I think that's a really good way to get motherfuckers killed. I'm not saying I'll do it, but I know people that if a cop or a fibby or an alphabet boy shows up and says, hey, we need your guns and we want to see what you have for magazines, they're not making it through the door. They may not even make it to the door. There are some people like that out there. Okay? Then you got the other guys like me that believe in due process, that believe in the Constitution, that believe in warrants, that believe in discovery, that believe that cops just can't show up and take your shit. Okay? Without a warrant, you're not coming in my house. Without a warrant, I'm not handing you anything over. Okay? And if you try to take it from me, there are going to be problems. I'm not going to elaborate on the problems, but the problems will exist. It's not a threat. It's an observation. But there are folks out there that won't even allow that. They see a, a, an alphabet boy on their property, they're going to shoot first, ask questions later. <clears throat> I mean, look at Waco. Look at the, uh, the compound in Montana. Look at Ruby Ridge. Every single one of those were, I think it was a Freeman compound that was in Montana. Every single one of those had actions by the federal, by the federal government 
that resulted in loss of life when it wasn't necessary. Okay? Federal government jumped the gun in Waco. Why? Why were they even down there? Why was ATF there? Because people who were living peacefully and quietly were living on a ranch, okay, and had acquired a large amount of weapons. Who cares? It's their fucking right. Second Amendment. People out in Montana flew their flag upside down, acquired a fuck ton of weapons. Who gives a shit? That's their right. Ruby Ridge, same thing. Same thing. Ask Randy Weaver what happens when you get guns. The government comes and kills you. Now, I realize that a lot of that is is a very gross oversimplification. I do understand that there were laws along the way that were broken that led to this, that, and the other thing. I get that. But there were better ways to handle it. Now, I'm going to wrap this up a little bit uh, a little bit later. Not just yet, but I'm going to wrap it up by saying two things. One, folks, the United States Constitution, it is there to protect you from a tyrant. Whether it's a tyrant 3,000 miles away across the pond, 3,000 miles away across your own country, or right next door in your own state. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Now, it also says, it also talks about a militia. It also talks about a well-regulated militia. So, what is a militia? Well, a militia is a group of people who organize for the common good to defend their property, their town, and each other. That's not the Webster's definition. That's 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 one of those definitions that is basically how you explain what a militia is. The governor in some states can call upon the militias to protect property, to protect towns, to protect homes. So other people are saying, well, that's why we have the National Guard. The National Guard is a militia. No, the National Guard is not the militia. The National Guard falls under the purview of the United States Army. If you look it up, they are part of the Army. They may be a small arm, but they are an arm of the federal troops. Okay? That means that the president can authorize the commander of the army, the general of the army, to deputize and utilize the guard. And he did when he sent them to Iraq and Afghanistan to rotate in to relieve frontline troops. Anytime you tap the guard and use them as a federal authority, they are not militia. Okay, so me, Kevin, Frank, Bob, Joe, Francine, Becky, uh, 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 Alicia, and, and, and Janice, and, and, and fucking Freaky Bob down the road, and we got a guy over here that could be a transvestite but could not be, and he's got a gun, so he's in a militia. That's a militia, okay? A well-regulated militia needs to have weapons, to defend not only their town, their home, or each other, but their state, okay, and if need be their country, from a tyrant. That can be a mayor, that can be a governor, that can be a president, that can be a king, that can be a queen, that can be a freaking prime minister, whatever. You cannot take our guns away, okay? A lot of motherfuckers will die. 
I'm not threatening violence. I'm just saying if you look back in history, every single time the government has tried to disarm people, it has led to death and bloodshed. Okay? Go all the way back to, you know, when we were disarming the Native Americans, the fucking Indians out west. Federal troops rolled in, shot every motherfucker at Wounded Knee. The Trail of Tears, another example of how uh, federal uh, federal troops can fuck up a country. Now, second thing I want to leave y'all with, I am not advocating in any way for anybody to go shoot anybody. Okay? If you commit a murder you need to be held accountable by the laws that govern the state and the country. Plain and simple. These people who are going out and committing these mass acts of violence need to be held accountable. How do we do that? Well, we do that by putting them on trial, putting them through our legal system, and punishing them within the scope of the law. Now, the law is convoluted. The law is is difficult. The system is broken, but it's there, and it's the only one we got. So if you want to change something, as a governor, as a senator, as a congressman, if you want to change something, there are ways to do it. You write a bill. It gets ratified. Then it becomes an amendment. If you want to change your gun laws, that's the way to do it. You you get a bill ratified throughout the country. If it's ratified and, and then it amends the Constitution, okay, I'm not going to have a problem with it because it's the Constitution. It's not some willy-nilly jackass going off and doing whatever the hell he wants or she wants. That's about all I got for you guys today. Um, I realize I threw a lot out there. I realize some of you guys have you know opinions that are whatever and you don't agree with how I see things, and that's fine. Okay, send me an email, mjmartioski at yahoo.com. Hit me up on the Instagram, what's in Creepy Mike's Brain. You can hit me up on Facebook, same thing, what's in Creepy Mike's, what's in Creepy Mike's Brain. Okay, if you really want to get in touch with me, 603-913-4959, hit me up. Shoot me a text, call me, I'll talk to you. Come see me. Just because I disagree with you doesn't mean we can't talk. Everybody have a wonderful day. Stay safe and go fuck yourselves.